This episode of Cognitive Dissonance is brought to you by our patrons. You fucking rock. Hey, Tom and Cecil, I got a joke for you. So uh, a guy went to a zoo. There was only one animal on display. It was a dog. It was a shit zoo. Glory hole. Hey, Tom and Cecil, this is Amanda in Liberty Universityville, Virginia. Um, I was listening to your latest episode today, and I was listening to that woman who was Oh, Mama, what did you do to prevent the gulag of Obama? And I was, I was thinking that if I honestly, really, truly, 100% believe that we were living in a world where my children would be taken over by some evil dictator of gulag, do you know what I would do about it? I would make sure that I didn't have any fucking children. Hey Tom and Cecil, this is M in Japan again. I was laughing my ass off when you guys were thinking about how to explain bukkake to the person's mom. Actually, in Japan, it's not such a bad word. At most noodle shops, you can buy bukkake udon, which is cold udon with a sauce splashed on top. It's delicious, but for some reason, I always feel really awkward ordering it, especially from male employees. Anyway, dakihori mazafakas! advise that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. Recording from Glory Hole Studios in Chicago at 833 West Chicago. This is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome mat. This is episode 283. Actually, where is the welcome mat? Where is the welcome mat? We moved the welcome mat. It, I moved that welcome is mat. It rolled up inside of somewhere. Whoa! I think I would notice. <laughs> you secreted in your wow. anus. Wow, man! I where the fuck's the welcome mat? I don't know. Fucking that welcome mat was like fifty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> we are recording again. This is our, I, th- I think, our third or fourth recording now from Glory Hole Studios, part three, and it is. A thousand times better. It's uh, nice and quiet. It really feels like a home space. We have our patrons to thank for being able to uh, have a space like this, move us over the last couple of months yeah. from one to another and yet to another space. We really think we're going to find a home here, mostly because we signed a lease. That's yeah, not that's month a- to month. <laughs> <laughs> but we're, we're so we're, happy we to are, be here. We are we, contractually <laughs> obligated to find a, find a home here. You can be contractually obligated to do a lot of things and break that off. <laughs> you can break those promises. You can break a promise, Tom? It turns out you can, my friend. It turns out... You can. Uh, Uh, Long contract notwithstanding. We do also have... (laughs) Moving on and moving moving on. on, (laughs) We do also have a beautiful view from Glory Hole Studios of uh, a boat yard and a... uh, (laughs) Fucking... 
there's construction. A, there's cement trucks. Thing? I see. Yeah. No. It's. I mean. It's totally fucking industrial over here. It man. is. It is. It's yeah, so fucking, fucking industrial. Trent Reznor yeah, fucking, fucking works over fucking, there. It's called craft work <laughs> over there. Yeah. But this is this is a this is a great space. Actually, as much as we're joking about round about it, we're happy to be here. We're happy to have the opportunity to record. We just recorded a patron only episode, a Pastor Manning patron only episode. Yeah. Just a few short jerk chicken slices ago. Yeah. And uh, we think it's going to turn out pretty good. Pastor Manning did we all hope. the heavy lifting. He really did. We hope it's, it turns out good. We want to thank our patrons for uh, for their patronage, and uh, all the patrons can access that on Patreon. Uh, but we're recording w- a week early. Normally, we would re- we would wait and record. Uh, you know, a little bit, wait around a little bit before we start recording. And during the week, sometimes we record on Wednesdays, things like that. But today we're recording on Sunday before the other episode even gets released to the audience. We're recording. There won't, there won't be as many emails as we normally get, but, uh, but we want, we needed to record cause I am heading down. I don't even understand this. To Mississippi. Mississippi. M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. Really? Nice job. Really? Yeah. Hattiesburg, Hattiesburg. That is not a place. That's a fucking lynching zone, dude. (laughs) Are you kidding me? I still, I feel, I, gotta, like, I feel like you got to check uh, in with me every six hours, or I'll, I'll have to call the fucking police. I gotta get, I gotta get one of those placards. This is Lynchy on board. God damn, it's a good Hang thing it. you can't tan, dude. You'd be <laughs> fucked. You'd be put to fucking work. Tan. I'm like a chud. <laughs> Jesus. You, yeah, this window is gonna give me fucking sunburn, and it's cloudy out. <laughs> So this first story, I fucking love this first story. This is from news.com.au. Pro-gun mom, uh, Jamie Gilt, will never give give up her guns, despite being shot by her son, <laughs> family says. Oh, so this no. is great. So this this woman is this pro-gun, uh, like, advocate, right? Mm-hmm. And she's come out and said, like, we all get all fucking jacked up to go shooting. Even my four-year-old kid loves to go out and get some shooting done. Shooting, shooting, shooting. Bing, uh, let, me, let, me, let me quote. She says, all of ours know how to shoot, too. Even my four-year-old gets jacked up to target shoot the 22. Yeah, because fucking get the kid full of trucker speed and hand him a gun. <laughs> four-year-old kid, here you go, son. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> fucking, like, that kid's like, where's the glory hole? It's just me. I don't have a lot to put in there, but I'm going to put whatever I got in there, Ma. <laughs> It's like, I just put fucking yellow jackets and mini fins in his Cheerios. <laughs> he's fucking, he's on fire. It's unbelievable. It's a wonder. It does wonders for the ADHD, right? admittedly. Yeah. Clean him right out. Give him Adderall. Ah, <laughs> so this fucking gun nut, she, she's she got a gun in her in the back seat of her car. A loaded 45 caliber gun? Yeah, which I like any loaded gun in the back seat of your car where your kid is, is like, it's like a bad decision on a bad decision, but also like a fucking big ass goddamn gun. It's not like it's not the 22 right. that she's all fucking jacked up to get her little toddler <laughs> shooting at people with. If my kid was fucking jacked up to go shoot stuff, I'd be like, whoa, we need to fucking revise. <laughs> Remo fucking vise. That's crazy. So there she is. She's driving her. She's driving, driving in the car. car. And her. To- her. All, nearly a toddler, right. four-year-old kid. Right. That's like not even like I don't even know what that is. It's before kindergarten. This is a kid who doesn't think in paragraphs it's a yet. Preschooler, right? Yes. It's a preschooler, right? Like th- they can only communicate like twenty-five words. <laughs> Maybe a little. It's like, <laughs> can you imagine like the crayon They're drawing? signing everything? Like, <laughs> feed me. <laughs> like tapping their face. 
Can you imagine the fucking crayon drawing of the family? It's like the house, like the stick house, and the stick dad, and the stick mom with like a fucking bullet hole, and like the red leaking <laughs> the red out. red leaking out of mom, and the one giant bullet that's flying away. <laughs> this is mommy's leaky yeah. hole. <laughs> Her Wait, other leaky uh, hole. Oh, no! Uh, but in any case, kid gets kid pulls out the gun in the back seat and shoots the mom who has a Facebook page called Jamie's Jamie Guilt for Gun Sense. <laughs> now, I'm not an authority on this. You're a English major. Is that irony? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's more ironic than rain on your wedding day, my friend. <laughs> I just love this so much. And the best part is, is that they've gone after this woman to ask her, like, what the deal is. Like, you know, what are you going to do now? And she's doubled down on this and her family's doubled down. Oh, and yeah. said, no, I'm not. Gonna, yep. And I'm not interested in doing this. And I watched another report about this where an NRA member was talking and said, guns should not be in arm's reach of children. I'm just thinking they should be farther than just arm's reach. Right. What is it? What do you put a tiny velvet rope around your gun? <laughs> Within arm's reach, the kid will fucking take one step, and now it's close enough. The gun, I can't even imagine why you're driving around in a car with a loaded gun. What is, take the kid out of the equation. What do you, I drive a car every day. There's never a day I don't drive somewhere. I'm driving somewhere every fucking day. I've never had a loaded gun in my car, and I've never been in a situation where the situation would have been improved by the presence of a loaded gun in my car. In the in the same video, they were showing safe places to carry your loaded gun in the car, and it was the center console and the dry and the glove compartment. Those Yo, why not just places. mount it right to the fucking steering wheel so when the airbag goes off and boom <laughs> shoots out? <laughs> yes. Why would why do you need a you loaded gun you in your car? To, you don't need to have it be automated. Just get a four year old, and yeah. you'll be fine. <laughs> just shoot everything. Yeah. It's it's so awesome because it says it says this is an accident and nothing else. Yeah, and they, they it's just ins- poor trigger discipline. That's right. all. It's- <laughs> <laughs> and when they ask her, like they ask her, like, well, you know, why was the gun even within fucking any length reach of a four year old? Sure. She's like, I don't want to go into that right now. All I know is God and guns. I mean, that really is her answer. Yeah. Her answer is full of God. And full of guns. She's like, it's just an accident. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not- an accident that can't happen to you. Well, and. and- you know, we're all laughing about this because the woman survived. The woman is going to live, et cetera. She right. wound up getting... It was serious injury, yeah, but... She, she was she, not unhurt. She she survived. You know, what if the little kid got killed? You know, right. I, it doesn't, doesn't your brain as a mother look at this and say, you know, I was the one who was injured this time, but my kid could have easily, you know, fucking put that in his mouth and been like, om, 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 and right. fucking shot himself in the face. It right. could have easily happened. Can't you as a mom see that and think, maybe this isn't a good idea that I'm... This is somebody for gun sense. Yeah. For gun sense, fucking try to have some. <laughs> like, fucking borrow some is if you that need irony? to. irony? <laughs> Again. It's like, Ray, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. Is it like 10,000 spoons when all you need is a knife? It or? is not okay. like that. Okay. None of that shit is actually ironic. The... <laughs> It defines the song. Oh, okay. yeah. It's, it's. <laughs> <laughs> but conversely, like, can you imagine this kid if he shot and killed mom? And then you grow up with the guilt of like. The Jamie guilt? <laughs> the Jamie guilt. Do you remember when Trump was talking about, um, and he said it a couple times, right? He said, you know, when we, when we 
don't torture these people. Yeah. We look like the dumbest, weakest people in the world. <laughs> right. Don't you think it's I feel like things I know where like, you're headed. Doesn't, don't you think it's things like this that make <laughs> us look like the dumbest people in the world where you fucking you somehow left a gun for your uh, fucking just turn out a toddlerism kid and he shoots you? Yeah. You know, and actually, now that you say that, I'm thinking about a four year old is still in a car seat. So did you put the gun in the car seat? That's true, right? Like it's, it's not like he's like in the back they seat. They did like, say the kid was still strapped into his car seat. They so did say this. Did you put like, I mean, that's an honest question at this point. Were you like, well, just throw some shit in the back seat. <laughs> Boom, here's a, you just chuck a loaded gun back well, into the car you, seat. Okay, I'm going to set this on your lap. Now we're going to give you this uh, turnover, this cake. Right? We want you to hold it back here real careful. And on top is mommy's gun, Okay. <laughs> So be real careful with both. <laughs> Where did you put this thing? More careful with the gun. That's why the, the I mean, the article got picked up. The article that we grabbed is from, it's an Australian news source. Yeah. When you say like, doesn't it make us look stupid? It makes us look so stupid that it gets picked up internationally. Like, ha ha, America. Yeah, it's embarrassing. Exactly. Right? <laughs> it's embarrassing. It's a fucking shit stain on your white pants. <laughs> on your wedding day. <laughs> I do believe that atheists are parasites in the sense they're benefiting from everything that religious culture is built in America, but they're doing nothing to add energy into the system. This story is from the Raw story. It's uh, our favorite. It's Rafael Cruz. Atheism leads to child molestation and perversity. So I don't think we should, uh, we should not put words in the esteemed Mr. Cruz's mouth. Now, Mr. Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Cruz here is uh, speaking in front of a classroom I, he looks like he's speaking in like the fucking saddest civic center in america it's it's a time it, you could hear the, the the size of the room is pretty small yeah. and uh and it sounds like he has some very close interaction with the people there so Dude, it's it sounds like i mean it's like a community center yeah he's speaking in a place that you could just Gary. see it it's like yeah he's speaking in a place that has free cheap coffee and drop ceilings yeah yes. right? <laughs> it's just you know exactly <laughs> what i'm talking about there's a glory hole in the back <laughs> all right this is cruz now there are other foundations that the world sets on us. Let's talk about two of them which are very interrelated. <coughs> I can't help it. I can't help it. I'm trying it's not to. Few of them that are, are very interrelated. interrelated. <laughs> <laughs> so great. It's, it sounds like a caricature. Here's the he thing. Does. Like I've he met does. I've met a hundred people with accents. Nobody sounds like this. Yeah, I Nobody know. sounds, it sounds like, like this. He's trying to sound like right. this. Right. Yeah. That's what makes it so funny. One of them is atheism. The other one is secular humanism. Let's look, for example, at the behavioral consequences of these two foundations. I can't. I can't do the consequences. These are behavioral consequences. Oh, my God. It's amazing. What could possibly be the behavioral consequences of secular humanism? Uh, being kind to other people because you recognize the inherent humanity of all. Okay, you think he's going to say that? I do. I think I fucking put words in it. Hold on. Let me try it again. Being kind to people because of, <laughs> you recognize the inherent humanity of them all. <laughs> Man. <laughs> I can't do it. It's so awesome. Well, if there is nothing, if there is no God, then we are ruled by our instincts. Or our thoughts. Oh, yeah. Like, I guess or you could go. Or our social contract. Right? I, well, I'm not ruled by my instincts ever. Like, yeah. my instincts... You are ruled by your instincts only when you are in a place where you're like, okay, this is an allowable place for me to behave animalistically, yeah. right? That's like, 
yeah. for me about about a 35 second journey right that's yeah. all it takes it's like it if you're ruled by your instincts you would just rape or something right like wouldn't you just like run down the street and be like i don't want to that's it that's what he's gonna say right but, but that, i mean like but, but, but what's, don't, what's right? the level of fucking secular humanist rape out there right, right. It, it, it is it, it more than christian rape i i think is i i think i think the problem here is that he's basically like well without god we're all lizard brain yeah like we're all just lizard brain and it like, what about the fucking frontal cortex? Like, what about our thoughts and our feelings? And like, yeah. you know, like you said, our social constructs, like all of the other things other than just our base instincts. There is no moral absolutes, which means we operate by situational ethics. That's not true. And, that, and the other thing, too, is like, when you talk about moral absolutes, you don't have moral absolutes. You have a book that says do not murder. But then it's like, okay, do not murder. But then you put fucking clauses on it. Do not murder, except in, in cases of war. Do not murder, except in cases of fucking uh, self-defense. self-defense. Do not murder, in, 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 in except, a, you know, unless that they committed a horrible crime and then you're allowed to murder them. You know, you fucking don't have absolutes either, unless the absolutes yep. refer to the first part of the fucking commandments, which is don't like any other gods because I'm super angry if you do. Yep. It, and it's so funny because it's like, he, he's going to get down here on, and go down the moral relativism path without understanding that situational ethics is actually a more moral way to behave, right? If you have moral absolutes, that, that allows for no gray area. It allows for no context. It allows for no flexibility. Without intellectual flexibility yeah. in terms of how we determine what's right and wrong, we're, like, it, that's absurd. That's like, how you get a hand chopper off a right, machine. Right, that's exactly right. Yeah. It's exactly right. Like, it, it's, just, it's just like, well, I'm not going to take the context into consideration. Sure. Oh, well, then you're fucking an asshole. And one would say once you have the hand chopper off a machine, you have no flexibility that's anymore <laughs> in your hand. You just have, like, a thing that you... Just, yeah. You get Captain Hooked on it's all a, that shit. It's a pounder now. <laughs> <laughs> it turned me from a grabby claw into a hammer. <laughs> when all you have is a hammer, everything's a nail. <laughs> it's unfortunately something that is being taught in every high school in America. Yeah, I didn't learn anything about secular humanism in high school. I didn't learn anything about ethics or morality or I, yeah. philosophy the of o- any kind. The like, only th- thing did I, you? I think... That there was vague references in some of my literary classes to those constructs, but they were never explicitly stated. It was always, you know, moral gray areas that we read in some sort of novel that we all had to read, like Nicholas Nickleby or something like that, right? right? right, right. And you're learning about, you know, this moral construct that's happening to other people, but there's never a, this is, you know, this is what morality is. This is what ethics is. This is, you know, the there was, ethics there was a broader question. Yeah. Like, how do you define right and wrong? Like, how and, do we, where, from whence does this knowledge come? And I think that's right? age appropriate in my opinion, right? right? That's what, you know, as a, as a high school student, I don't know that I could have contended with what ethics actually were, but if I used metaphor to understand it, I might've understood it better. Sure. Do you know what I mean? So wait a minute, wait a minute. If you read literature and were then able to put it into context, and understand a situation. Oh, then the situational. He, he's right. They are teaching it in high schools. <laughs> bum bum bum. Jeez. Way to go. It's so sneaky, Raphael. <laughs> You've uncovered our plan. <laughs> and situational ethics basically says that right and wrong depend on the circumstances. 
I love how the people are like laughing yeah. and oh, the That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, gosh, yeah, <laughs> right and wrong depend on the circumstances. Yeah, they literally like, always do. Oh my gosh, yeah. Because if you're starving, you wouldn't want to eat a, like steal a piece of bread. Right. That's situational ethics. Well, and it's like you were def- like when you were talking about you know thou shalt not kill or thou shalt not murder. It's they, they just redefine things, yeah. right? That's that's how you get around yeah. that shit. Is you play fucking semantics games with it. It's the same thing. Yeah. In other words, it's a moral relativism. Where you make your rules if you go home. No, you don't. No, that's, that's not a, how I do that's it. A, that's a complete straw man, inaccurate depiction of something that you don't understand or right. that you clearly are trying to create a straw man so it's easy to kick down. That's because you can't argue against it. And then actually they've taken it to the level to say, it doesn't make any difference what you believe in as long as you're faithful to what you believe in. Nobody says that. Who has said that? <laughs> I think that's terrible. It doesn't I, even make any sense. I am a secular humanist. I think that's the. It's, it doesn't matter what you believe in as long as you totes believe it real hard. <laughs> I think that's the worst. That's terrible. No, absolutely not. Nobody has said that. Nobody. And the only reason you're saying that is because people, everybody's going to have the same reaction Tom had, which is like, what? I can't even. I ever, wouldn't. What? what? I, yeah. like, like, somebody's like, I fucking. I fucking killed and ate that guy. I will say that. But sounds, I really believe in it. That like, sounds what? super new agey to me. Yeah, it sounds. You know, it sounds like it right? sounds like the it sounds like the secret. You know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. You make your own set of rules, and then you live by your own set of rules. And of course, he said there are no absolutes. When it is convenient, you change the rules. <laughs> Who's laughing? Why? That's not funny. Even if you agree with it, the four people that are in the audience. <laughs> Look, but no, I mean honestly, like even if you agree with that, it's not funny. He didn't say anything funny. <laughs> yeah, those those silly secular humanists. What do they know? What's funny about that? I missed the joke. Well, I think that they're 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 laughing at the absurdity of it all because it is absurd because he's painting an absurd picture of sure, shit that okay. doesn't exist. Do we know any politicians that have done that? Hitler. <laughs> This guy got in the conversation. <laughs> you gave him four seconds to interact. He's the only thing this guy said is just he, Hitler. He just as soon as as soon as you gave him the floor, he's just like Godwin. <laughs> like as soon as he could. This is a guy who's just like he just goes. It's like he goes to an improv thing. It's like okay, all right, give me a job, Hitler. <laughs> no, mm, okay, about that's, that. that's not. Right, give yeah. me, okay, all right, give me a world they'll fuck. Uh, can't do world uh, leader. Can't, no, uh, it's not. All right. Uh, Hairstyle, <laughs> a mustache type. Um, a German? No. Uniform. Uh, shit. Uh, a type of march. No. Okay, fuck. Uh, shit. Uh, camping. No. Shit. Okay, uh, bread, baking, ovens. No. Okay, we got a <laughs> son of a bitch. He's going to get me every time. Well, a far liar. <laughs> Just go to Washington. Well, I thought I'd Just go to the White House. <laughs> so... Yeah, just go to the White House because that's that's where moral relativism sits right there. It's at the White House. Yeah. Yeah, because we definitely want to have a leader of, of America, the, the largest economic and military power in the world. We want to have somebody who doesn't take the situation into account. We want to have somebody who's like, well, there's right and there's wrong and there's no gray area. Yeah, someone who's situationally unaware. Right. Where you don't approach every single situation differently. I would be as uncomfortable with a true pacifist, right? Somebody who is a, a hard pacifist. I would be as uncomfortable with a pacifist in office as a hawk in office. Like, there, you have to take uh, situations into there's account. There's nuance. You have right? to take control. Yeah. And, of course, these leads us. Leads us. Of course, this leads us. What does he say? What he did said, he say? Leads us? I think this leads us is what he said. No, let's, let's he re- did let's not. Let's rewind it and see what he said. And of course, this leads us. I, I, 
Okay. If you say that's this leads us. I think that's what he said. I thought he said these lisos. <laughs> these lisos. These lisos. <laughs> when there are no moral absolutes, leads us to sexual immorality, leads us to sexual abuse, leads us to perversion, and of course, no hope. No hope. No hope. Perversion and no hope. No hope. First of all, tell me more about the perversion, please. Yeah. But what's with the no hope? I have plenty of hope. Why would I have no hope just because I'm secular? I'm fucking filled with hope. I'm fucking, I'm a goddamn hope machine. <laughs> <laughs> now, the concern, obviously, is if this isn't bottled up in San Francisco, this kind of nonsense, then it's going to be spreading across the entire fruited plain and... You're going to be going to your Burger King in Des Moines, Iowa, and you're going to have a rainbow-colored wrapper for your Whopper. This is from Right Wing Watch. <clears throat> Rafael Cruz brings Nazi Germany rant against marriage equality. So here we go, Cecil. We've got, we've, we had Hitler in the last one. we got Nazi Germany's returned. Again, it's about marriage equality because they literally have nothing else to talk about. This is the only thing they have to talk about. It's amazing to me that that's the talking point that they all... That's it. This is it. This is it. it I'll, be, I'll be very blunt. Like, if, if we said tomorrow, like, okay, well, we're not going to talk about, about the, the Christian railing against gay marriage stuff, I couldn't find enough stories to cover. Yeah. Because it's, it's such a fucking focus, their focus of their, of their, their entire yeah. crazy platform. Yeah. All right, well, let's, let's take a listen. This, this is uh, Rafael Cruz again. And then we had the June 26 decision. June? The Amazing. They take June. They take the twenty sixth and they hew it down. <laughs> That's what you do to the word June. You hew the J right <laughs> out of it. Hew it. When the Supreme Court attempted to redefine marriage, now that one actually is starting to act as a catalyst because that decision is much more than redefining marriage. It is actually a frontal attack on religious liberty. Oh, it is. Is it a full frontal attack? Because that's kind of hot. I'm interested. That's kind of hot. Yeah. <laughs> that's again. The, they're they're talking about the, the Supreme Court case now, right? As if this was a huge attack on religious liberty. And I, I, again, it, it's fucking. It's that narcissistic fucking. I'm the only one who matters. Your marriage is about me. Bullshit. Right. It's it has nothing to do with you. It's not a full frontal attack on religion because they're not mandating people get gay married if they don't want to. If everybody that's religious decides tomorrow, it's like abortion, right? Like if everybody decides they don't want an abortion, the fact that an abortion is legal won't mean anything, right? Right. So the, the focus is wrong. It's not that these things should be illegal. It's that if these are things that you find morally distasteful, then you should be presenting strong arguments about why these things are morally distasteful and try to sway the conversation that direction. Making something that's entirely victimless, like gay marriage, illegal is pointless and weird and like because if everybody woke up tomorrow is like we don't want a gay marriage and what then it matters not at all and if it's legal yeah, right cares. it's like it's like petting a giraffe yeah it's like is it legal i don't know who wants to do that <laughs> i mean if you want to great i don't want to fine it, it literally means nothing so that decision is cussing the sleeping giant it's cussing the sleeping giant. No, it's cussing the slipping giant. <laughs> hey, you, hey, you fucker, get off that ice. <laughs> slipping giant. The fuck? <laughs> I got to look up to do it. I'm going to look up. Yeah. Hey, you fucker. <laughs> the fuck off the ice. <laughs> He's Yali Green Giant. <laughs> He's the Yali Verde Giant. <laughs> slipping giant. He's a slipping giant. That's awesome. That's fucking amazing. I can't understand this man at all. <laughs> 
I can't understand anything he says. Like, I feel like I'm a fucking half a step behind this whole episode. I'm like, the fuck did he just say? Oh, try it again. Cuss out that sleeping giant. So that decision is causing the sleeping giant to wake up. And I am very encouraged because many pastors across America are starting to say, we cannot be silent anymore. You know, silent anymore. Silent anymore. The fucking pastors of America will not shut up about this. It's literally the only thing any of you assholes right. talk it's about. all they talk about constantly. It's it. Yeah. It, like you said, it's the only thing that any of these people talk about. That's the only reason we have stories. <laughs> it is. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, Pastor Dietrich Bonhoeffer, in Second World War in Germany, said silence in the face of evil is evil itself. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. We cannot be silent anymore. Yeah, that's true when we're talking about the extermination of six million Jews. Yeah. Right? Like, absolutely. You know, it's a profound, it is a profound and honest thing to say when you are talking about actual evil. Sure. But when you're talking about, like, two chicks that want to go down on each other, it's not the same thing. It's not at all the same thing. And, and, and you think, you know, I should be empowered to speak out against muff diving. <laughs> You're already empowered. Like, that's the thing, too. Like, he can clearly already he's talk doing about it speak right out now. against it. He's, speak he's literally doing <laughs> it right now. I love when these guys are like, I can't talk about this. Let me give a speech <laughs> in public yeah. about how I can't talk about this. I don't, you know what? That's rain on your yeah. wedding day too, he bitch. Wants, he <laughs> wants consequence-free right. bigotry. So yes. what he wants is so that they'll show that he doesn't want anybody to show up and be like, Rafael Cruz, <laughs> let me tell you something. I have some yeah. questions for you. <laughs> <laughs> and they say, dude, uh, why do you care? Are you, you know, a little gay, bro? <laughs> right. Like, I mean, are a little gay? Yeah. Is your hand itching for a yeah. cock right uh, now? Are, are like, you a little are you gay? Like, oh, What's going want... on? Yeah. What's going on with you that makes you care about it so much? And he gets super mad about that. Does not like the implication behind that. And he doesn't want to have the consequences of being outwardly anti-gay. Right. That's the problem. That's exactly right. That's the problem. And so now he's he's that's when he when he says you can't speak out about it, he means you can't speak out about it and people will pat you on the back anymore. Right. Want to contact the guys? Go to dissonancepod.com to get links to their Google Plus, Facebook, and Twitter accounts. If you want to contact them directly, send an email to dissonance.podcast at gmail.com. Or you can call and leave a message at 740-74-DOUBT. That's 740-743-6828. Do you want to support the show? Go to patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash dissonance pod. Or click the link on the podcast homepage and you can donate to the production of Cognitive Dissonance on a per episode basis. If you can't spare any money, take a second to give us a five-star review on iTunes or Stitcher, or spread the word about the show. We want to send a big, heartfelt glory hole to all the patrons and people who rate us. You fucking rock. Sister comes to Right Wing Watch. Um, this is also more Raphael Cruz. This is really a Raphael Cruz-centered episode. We did Manning for the patrons. Sure. And this is Raphael Cruz. For the regular listeners, this is this is. I believe a, that's how he pronounces his name. This is a good layered uh, enchilada full. <laughs> Shit. What? It's an ethnic cuisine, Tom. Just, this is just like so. Every time we have Rafael Cruz 
clips. We are so racist. It's not racist to say the man is Mexican. It is racist to call someone Mexican. That's an insult. Well, he's not Mexican. <laughs> so <laughs> I think he's Cuban or something. It doesn't matter. We're terrible people. It doesn't matter. They're all the same. It's, oh, God. <laughs> See, now that's racist. That's racist. See, that that's is racist. Ra this whole conversation yeah. about being racist <laughs> is actually racist. All right. <laughs> without further ado. My racism is racist. Without further ado. Rafael. Rafael. One of the main. At least the sound quality is good. <laughs> the thing is. Oh, Jesus. Is gotta... <laughs> Where did you record this from? A submarine? <laughs> Let's get the original <laughs> sound thing. Okay. One of the main ah! cases that uh, Justice Scalia wrote the majority opinion for was the Heller case protecting the Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. I can't understand oh, what he's it's like it's like trying to communicate with a with a with a with a Mexican immigrant that only speaks four words of English at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> Play it again, Sam. Oh, God, I can't. I don't know. One of the main cases that uh, Justice Scalia wrote the majority opinion for was the Heller case protecting the Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. Yep. My son defended that case uh, uh, representing several states, and they won that case 5-4. That's how a lot of decisions I, go. 5-4 is kind of the standard. That is a standard decision. Right? I mean, what? unless it's like... Um, we shouldn't shoot people in the face. I'm like, okay, yeah. We're going to go eight one. Go Clarence yeah. Thomas is still on the one <laughs> okay. side. It's just fine. The interesting thing, Steve, is you look at the minority opinion. Those four liberal justices said that the Second Amendment right does not apply to individuals. That individuals have no right to keep on bear arms. I don't know if that's true. I, I don't know if it's true either. But again, we've talked about this before. No one's coming to take your guns, guys. No one's going to knock on your door. Do you have guns in there? Because they don't know if you have guns in there. Yeah, that's number one. I guess that's number one. But right? then also number two is, you know, they say that, you know, the Second Amendment doesn't give you. That is, I guess, one way that they could get around not repealing the amendment. They but, could reinterpret it as, as to form a militia, right? Yeah. Because it's kind of written into it. The Second Amendment does say it does explicitly reserve the right for guns for a well-regulated militia, right? I mean, it's kind of right in there. Sure. Unless they're talking about bear arms. <laughs> like bear arms. You're just swinging yeah, around bear, a set bear. of bear arms. <laughs> that's, a, that's a joke from Family Guy. That's really funny when they, they're sitting around. They're like, well, who would, re who, would, who would not interpret this correctly? Of course you can have bear arms. And they all turn and look, and there's just a set of mounted bear, bear arms, arms on the wall. <laughs> If I ever shoot a bear, I'm just going to mount the arms. Mount the arms? I think that would be yeah. great. One more justice like that, and we would lose our right to keep on bear arms. We would lose all of our religious freedom. Well, that wouldn't be the... Wait, are you going to lump them all together in the same case? Yes, because what they, as soon as it goes 5-4 in the other direction, right? Like They're just going to be like, turn over the whole Constitution. Well, wait. But then your authority to make this ruling is based on well, the Constitution. Fucking, you know, it's bullshit, too. You know... You guys had the fucking court. The court was yours, and we still voted the right way on gay marriage. Right. So Yeah, that's, that's a great point. You know, as much as we talk about, like, whether a justice is conservative or a justice is liberal, many of the justices swing on the issues because they're not politicians. And, and they know, and I think that they respect that their job is really not to be politicians. Where you come into is how is the Constitution 
uh, interpreted, um, you know, questions along those lines, but they are really explicitly barred from making political decisions. They're supposed to make decisions specifically relative to the facts and merits of a case as related to its constitutionality. And I think most of them do try to do an honest job of that without doing necessarily a super political job right, of that. Right. We will see abortion on demand to the day of delivery. Abortion on demand? You can order through Comcast? Man, that's so convenient. <laughs> Be like, go to Channel One to get your abortion. <laughs> <laughs> go to Abortion Hub. <laughs> <laughs> you get a text yeah. message. Great news. Your abortionist will be here in 15 minutes. <laughs> you just, like, oh, it's awesome. You just go to a certain place on your, on your, on your computer and then you open the CD drive and a little tube comes out, <laughs> goes right in there and sucks it right out of there. Abortion on demand till the day of delivery. Yeah. Cause who's asking? The thing is like, nobody's asking for these things. That's the thing. Like they, this all is paranoid, right? Because there is nobody, nobody. I'm, I'm fucking super pro-choice. I am more pro-choice than a lot of people. I'm pretty fucking pro-choice, but nobody is saying like, well, I mean, until she's pushing, like until the baby's crowning, yeah. it's all good. Nobody's making that argument, right? I mean, or, nobody is making that argument. Or if they are making an argument, they're making an argument, again, that's more nuanced. This is a guy, we just talked about this before. He talks about absolutes. This is the problem with absolutist right. thinking, right? right. Because... If I am going to have, or, or, or a doctor is going to perform an abortion at 39 weeks, the fucking, the, the child is probably brain dead or, you know, there's some sure, situation, sure. right, which demands a different way to think about what's going on here. Yeah. You know, nobody, nobody is advocating like, oh, you've got a healthy full-term baby, mom's fine, baby's fine, you're at 39 and a half weeks, let's fucking stick a sword in its brain. Like, yes. nobody's <laughs> doing this. Nobody's even asking for this to be done, so it would never go to the court and be like, can I fucking vacuum out a nine-month-old baby? We, no. <laughs> no one is asking you that. No, you can't do that. We don't have a Dyson powerful enough. <laughs> Gotta get the animal one. Oh, God, the animal. <laughs> you use the shark. Or you just put a bunch of them in there. Use the piranhas. <laughs> you get a, a little, floby attachment. A <laughs> it's a noby. It's like a fucking KitchenAid. <laughs> We will see that the, the, the destruction of traditional marriage and the family is the foundation of society. If the family is destroyed, society will be destroyed. So He says that all the time. Family is the foundation of society. Family is the foundation of society. The destruction of traditional marriage. No, look, man, just because gay people got married doesn't mean I can't you know, get married no, to, some, to, to uh, 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 have a heterosexual relationship. It just doesn't mean that. It's a stupid thing to say. You know, it's also the case that, you know, let's, let's fucking grow up and look around and see the reality of new families. Like, just because a family is quote-unquote non-traditional, I'm trying to actually think of, a, of somebody in a straight traditional relationship or traditional family. Like, I didn't grow up in a traditional family household. Most of my... I, I, tons of people are divorced. They're integrated families. There's... You know, th these are still families. They're not less than families. They're just different ways that families get made. And the nice thing about making families in different ways and having different options to make families is that more people get loved, right? right. And is, is that not the goal? Like, sure. isn't the goal, if you're building a just and a peaceful society, isn't the goal that you raise children in a loving and safe environment, that adults have loving and safe relationships that they are comfortable and happy in? If the only way that works is in this fucking nuclear wet dream family sure. from like the fucking ye oldie times, then you've just limited the options for widows and widowers and divorcees and, you know, orphans and like people who fucking still need to be loved. 
And isn't that, isn't that just a, a bleed over of anti-diversity, right? Right. You know, there's this idea that we have this diverse uh, country. We have this diverse uh, group of people that have different creeds, different religions, different, mm -hmm. uh, different uh, races, uh, different cultural backgrounds, all this stuff. But it's all bullshit to these people. They don't care. What they want is everybody to be the same. We all got to think the same thoughts about God. We all got to be, you know, clearly this guy's a different color than me. You know right. what I mean? But somehow he's got to, he's going to dictate how everybody's got to act. And then the same thing with families. It's like, well, the my, my, your family's got to be exactly like mine. Well, why can't we have a diversity of what family means? What's the big deal? But the, to them, that's the, he's saying that that is the downfall of society right. the moment you have a non-nuclear family. Well, buddy, that's been happening for a long time, man. It's always been the case. The only difference is now nobody looks at you sideways, right? Like, oh, you know, this, this couple has three kids. That couple has zero kids. That couple has nine kids. That couple is, you know, comes to the fucking relationship with kids, and that one comes to you know, they glue them together. They're Catholic. They're atheists. They're Jews. They're Mormons. Like... Fucking people are just fucking people. And the more options we have to raise people in stable, loving relationships across the board, isn't that how you build a better world? It would be disastrous. I, I think if Donald Trump became president. Let, let, me, let me ask you, as a man of faith, and, um, you, 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 and look, there's been a lot of vitriol thrown around in, in this campaign, but when you see uh, Trump uh, last night, I think particularly, I think he might have repeated it on MSNBC this morning, is that you see him, he says, hey, Ted Cruz holds the Bible up. And he puts it down and then lies. This thing about your son being the biggest liar or being a liar. How does that, I don't, I'm not asking you to defend that because clearly you don't need to defend it. But how does that hurt you? How does that hit you as a father? Well, well, fucking, like, don't, don't defend it. Don't address the facts. Let's just talk about how it makes you feel to hear somebody call your son a liar. Like, fucking, it sucks to hear people bad talk those that you love. Yeah, exactly, right? right? It doesn't like, matter if they're son or your dad or whatever. Right. Like, hey, how does it make you feel when someone you love is disparaged? Well, how the fuck do you think it makes me feel? It's like those people, it's like, hey, man, tornado just ate your house and your dog and your family and your pet. How you feeling? I don't know. Devastated? <laughs> like my house. Right? As a father to a son, and I know you you and your son have a very unique relationship. You've, you've, you've really been... Uh, not just a dad to him. You've been a mentor throughout life. Aren't dads mentors throughout <laughs> life? It's Wait a minute. <laughs> like you've not just been a dad, you've been a mentor. Well, some could argue if you're, you know, you're not a dad that's around, you're probably not a mentor. Very I well. guess, but like if you're part of this traditional family that they're fucking yeah. down on here. That, and he still talks to his father. Clearly his father still talks for him. Right. So uh, you came to your faith later in life. It's, it had a major impact on, on Ted. Ted says how... Your conversion to Christ is the single most important event of his life. So how does it, when a guy sits there and says your son, and particularly brings the Bible into it and says your son's a liar, how does that, how does that strike you? Fucking. <laughs> oh my God. Hold, on. Hold on. Can we ask a more fucking obvious question, right? So do you like it when people uh, are mean to you? So I know yeah, that the sky, the sky is sort of this shade. It's not green. It's not yellow. It's kind of right in between. Um, <laughs> is there any way that you could sort of tell me what color you think the sky is? But you know something? It is, it's, isn't it interesting that when he calls that a liar... He's the one that's lying. Oh, doo-doo head. <laughs> you do not call me a doo-doo head because your head has the duty. I challenge you to a duel. <laughs> For example, Ted had an ad that it just had Trump. Trump, in his own words, stating his, uh, his positions. He had a 30-second ad. All it had was Trump. How can you say 
said he's a liar when all he was doing was re- not even repeating, just playing, uh, playing Trump's words. Well, because you could put that fucking that Adam Riggs fucking did that to Manning. You could yeah. cut shit up to make it look like somebody said something that they didn't. Cecil edits the show every week to make it seem like I have something to say. So it is a it is a defense mechanism. It is empty words. There's no truth to it. He's the one that lies constantly because he changes for he changes to anything he wants. And if you notice, he never gives specifics. It's all about making America great. <laughs> Well, I love it, dude. Well, when you're right, you're I right, know, bro. I know. When you, when you see like the people on the Republican side are like, what the fuck does that, that even mean? mean? Jesus, make America <laughs> great again. Make me a sandwich again. How are you going to make America great? It's, it's an empty promise. Did, Trump did, is the biggest enigma uh, we have. We don't know where he would be on any issue. Yeah, I agree with that. That's totally I true. I completely agree. That's with totally true. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Ralph. Yeah, Ra- Raphael's yeah. right. And the thing is, is fucking, I think he's... I want to buy think, him and Donatello a pizza. That's fucking I'm right there. I think he's right that his son is actually more open about how he would do things than Trump is. I think that's that's absolutely true. That's fair. Yeah. Totally I just fair. think his I think his son being an incompetent boob in office... His son does not seem very smart. No. His son has this, like, fucking deer in the headlights look all the time. Like, like he's unsure... Like somebody propped him in front of the camera. Yeah. He's like, guys, yeah. guys, I don't want to do this. Like that's the other thing about these fucking idiots, right? They're like, this guy is dangerous. This guy is terrifying. This guy is. And then when this guy becomes the nominee, they're going to be like, we love Trump. Go America. Make it great again. Yep. Yep. They are going to be like, oh, man, that dude's horrible. <laughs> so from that same article, Tom, there's a there's a clip from Jim Baker. It's short, but it's funny. And it's, it's basically him just trying to sell buckets of slop, and it's hilarious. <laughs> the church should be the lighthouse. It should be the ready place to be able to take care of the people's needs. Mm-hmm. But what we've done this week, and I believe there, there is such an urgency inside of me. Yeah, you just got to hit the can, man. It'll go away. It's fine. <laughs> Everybody, look, here's the thing. It's pretty normal. Three, yeah. four times a day. It's a little urgency. Maybe once a day. The big urgency, especially <laughs> especially when you're drinking as much Metamucil as this guy, right? Yeah, Look, there's going to be some urgency, dude. If you got a brand muffin and some coffee, there's definitely some urgency. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the headline today that I five probably headlines that the Third World War could begin this month. This month. This month. This month. Yeah. No, I mean if you follow the headlines like Jim Baker does. What headlines? The ones from the Weekly World News. Okay, all yeah. right, you got me. We don't know when. These all these things will happen. <laughs> you said it was gonna happen this month. You just said it. You just said it was gonna happen this month. It could happen this month. We don't know when. Yeah. Well, fucking, it's the fucking ten. <laughs> I got three weeks. If there's World War Three in three weeks, I'm fucking for the next twenty-one days. Oh, that's awesome. But I'll tell you what. If that is the third one, and it does begin this month, there won't be any food left in the warehouses to ship out. Then I don't want to be alive anymore. <laughs> then I don't want to be alive anymore. That's, I don't want anyone I love to be oh alive God, anymore. I want everyone vape. Cecil, I love you like a brother. If it's fucking World War III, I hope a missile hits your face. <laughs> I hope it hits you right in the face. 
Love you too, bro. <laughs> That's exactly why. I know, I know. I don't right? want right? to live in Walking Dead times either. Like that sounds I, horrible. Oh, uh, Walking Dead? That sounds horrible. I think I'd rather pass on all that. Is there any way to die really quickly? Right. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, how are the radiation burns? Well, they're way worse than just being obliterated. Yeah. So fuck off and thanks for asking. Yeah. Also, oh, I'm hungry. Are you saying I get to I get to survive and suffer for several weeks before <laughs> I die? Woo! <laughs> yay? Yeah. Uh, yay? Isn't this the slimiest shit, though, you've ever heard him say, though? I mean, here he is saying, guys, this stuff's going to go. I, I don't know when it's going to be because nobody really knows, but it, probably about a month, and there won't be any food left, so you better order your bucket of slop today. You know why he's saying this? It's the end of the first quarter. Yeah, exactly. That's why. Right, he's, yeah. like, he's like, look, end of March, man. First quarter's looking a little I shoddy. I need to fucking get rid of this, uh, all this slop that's in my... I need I to got, make room look, for more slop. I got to reduce inventory <laughs> and drive revenue, man. The fucking shareholders that fucking hate international are fucking running me ragged. Because one event, everybody goes and orders. And that's what people order when they hear something, when they see something. Like, when, like you know, they, they hear something or when they see something like, this could be World War III this month. Well, like your show. <laughs> and we have a year of food and for the $600 gift and all of this amazing food. And we have uh, two bonus buckets. We have a... Are you fucking kidding me? You're like, dude, he's dude, you're buckets. sitting around. Buckets. Dude, you're sitting around in your fucking hovel. Like you're, you're like, you're basically like living in a fucking, like an uh, armored car laying on its side, fucking heating up your Jim Baker bucket slop food over a fucking sterno can and like the bones of your children. And you're like, oh, thank God for the bonus buckets. We would have been so hungry if we didn't have bonus buckets. <laughs> a huge potato slices that you can add to soups and all different, you know, all the different ingredients in the 90-day bucket. If the world runs out of food for 90 days, three months, it's like, uh, how are we doing on food, guys? We don't have any. Oh, uh, well, I got 90 days worth. What happens on day 91? All of a sudden, Jewel reopens? Yeah, right. Like Centrella's fucking back in business? Sure. yeah. No. You need, if you're going to survive the apocalypse, I'm fucking 37. I need 40 years of food. <laughs> you ever looked at the heavens? Everything in the heavens is here, moving as the heavens move. That's how I know it's coming. How else can I make the prediction? A thousand years ago, there was a great conjunction. Three suns lined up. Another great conjunction coming up. Anything could happen. The whole world might burn up. The Great Conjunction is the end of the world. Oh, the beginning? So this story comes from Right Wing Watch. Um, this is great because this is uh, more of that end times fucking garbage. Uh, but this one is good because he's going to use math now to prove, yes, you're shaking your head. Why are you shaking your head? Because I guarantee he's not going to use math to I do am, anything. I am reasonably confident. When you say use, use math. math, that means he's going to mention a number. Uh, that's how you math, right? Mathematicians in the audience... I believe you will back me up. That is how you math. Okay. Maths? <laughs> maths. More than one math. All right, here we go. This is, uh, this is Rick Joyner, and I think he's in studio with Jim Baker. But, you know, you can add up the genealogies in Scripture 
and find that from the time of Adam until today, there's been about 6,000 years. There's one period in the Judges that's a little ambiguous, so you have to give or take 100 years, but we're... Oh, only 100 oh, years off. Yeah, no. Uh, give or take 4.5 billion. <laughs> <laughs> it's plus. It's 6,000 plus or minus 4.5 billion. The best thing about yeah. 6,000 is that on a scale of 4.5 billion, it's such a small number that it's... It, it, it's actually meaningless. Yeah, like nobody it's would say, well, yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. It's it's so funny when you hear these people talk about this and be like, oh yeah, it's six thousand years old. Yeah. You're if anybody that believes in a six thousand year old world is got something wrong with their brain stuff. You need to hand in your cell phone and your car keys right, right now. Six thousand years. Yeah. The world is six thousand years old. We routinely date things back. Like we routinely date things back beyond six thousand right, years. Right. I, I, it's so funny too, because you're like, yeah, humankind last has been around a lot longer than that, and they they just they they're, they're like, no, no, it's six thousand years, and that's not just humankind. It's the whole because for it's them all, it's the whole the world. Thing, right? For them yeah. it's the whole. There's world. always been this world. There's always been people, right? Like, there's not been a world without people ever. So like, these are the fucking people who think that we're walking around and there's a T Rex over yeah, there, exactly. And you're like, what's up, T Rex? How you doing? What? We're fucking riding brachiosaurs to fucking school. This is people that was like the Flintstones is a documentary to well, these motherfuckers. Well, the, the thing is, is if we learned anything from Brian Fisher, all you have oh, to do is just keep the alligator for a long time and it will turn okay. into it will turn into a triceratops that you could ride to work. But you got to keep it for, say, uh, a Lazarus. A Methuselah long time. A la yeah, a Methuselah time. I, I said Lazarus, but I meant Methuselah. We've been on Earth since Adam about 6,000 years. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's six prophetic days. Jesus, Peter said the day with the Lord is, is a thousand years. Yeah. Right. And they really understood this. Because he's boring. That's why he said that, because the Lord is boring. It's like going on a bad date. And you're just like, oh, my God, three hours? It's like, it's, oh. like, it's like visiting your boring aunt when you were 10. <laughs> right? Like, oh, God. When are we going home? Oh, my God. She doesn't even have a television. <laughs> what it's, am I going to do? There's nothing here but a fucking bucket of unwrapped Werther's Originals all stuck together. There's nothing here for me. And books with Fs that look like S's. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a whole bookshelf of Reader's Digest condensed books and butterscotch. Whole place smells like a doily farted. That actually sounds like heaven. I like that. <laughs> and like. You know, some of those writings of the early church fathers, they, were, they would be clear about there will be 6,000 years until the end of this age. Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath, which is the seventh prophetic Jesus day. Christ. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Whenever they go off on this train, whenever they go off on these trains, Cecil, and the, the Jesus, so the 6,000 years, and then the 7,000 years, the prophetic days, and the 1,000, and we're almost to seven. It's the end of the world, Jesus. None of it means anything. Well, I think I think that it's it's great that they're that he's saying that there's been six days, and then we're waiting for the seventh. You're like, well, do we have to wait another whole thousand years for that to happen? Like, I, are we saying that? So first off, it's four. It's something like you're looking at about four thousand BC is when the Earth came about, right? So about four thousand sure. BC. So we have to wait until 3,000 uh, 3, A.D. before we get to the end time then? Well, and uh, then he's saying that then that means we're in the end time, which is in the last of the seven days. Maybe he's saying it could happen any time during that seven days? He wasn't talking about being the Lord of one day of the week. He was talking about 
the millennial day, the millennial 1,000 year period in which Jesus will come to earth himself to rule. And, uh, but so we are, according to the, the timelines given in Scripture, somewhere near the end of the sixth day. And if you look at the first seven days of creation, prophetically. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Okay, no, I just needed a break. Okay, okay. All, right, all right, you good? You good? We're going to keep going. We're oh. going to soldier through this. We can make it. Jesus Christ. Can you just burn me with something? <laughs> just like dye cigarettes out of oh, your head to keep you. Cool. <laughs> God, okay. All right. You ready? Here we go. Oh, all right. You see parallels during each thousand-year period of man's history that you could see a, a metaphor for that in the days of creation. It's an amazing thing. <laughs> What do you? What is oh, happening? Oh, that's awesome! That's it's an amazing thing. That's just that. All this is is numerology and a thousand years instead of like one year. You know what I mean? Like they're and just, they just decide it. Yeah. They just decide it. Like a oh, day is a thousand years. Oh, okay. Well, fine. Fuck off. I don't care. But what happened at the end of the sixth day? God created man in His image, and I believe it's going to be at the end of the sixth day. By the way, when they in the New Testament said. We're living in the last days. They were talking about the last days of the prophetic week. <laughs> you fucking... <laughs> no, no, is this true? Because when Jesus was on the cross, he said TGIF. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. They went out for potato don't, skins afterwards. Dude, <laughs> they got a loaded baked potato, and they got appetizers all for $10. Hey, guys, two yeah. for 20 <laughs> They got one of those cakes, those little cookies that come in the skillet. Skillet, yeah, a little yeah. sizzling cake. It was delicious. Yeah, God. that's fucking amazing. I, well, it's the thing is, is like, well, that was two days ago. Did he say it Thursday? Right. Like, when did he? When did he say we were in the last days? Was it Thursday? Because it that's two days ago. None of it matters. None of and it. Cecil, did he say none it, of it. He said it early morning Thursday. Jesus, <laughs> stop! Stop! Who cares? God, listen to this. Uh, There's hosts of people that are just <laughs> nodding along like, oh, yeah, it all makes so much sense. None of it makes any sense at all. He's just saying it to you. They weren't talking about saying they we're at the end of the age now. They were saying we're in the last days of this prophetic week. All we have to do is wait 2,000 more years. <laughs> Guys, hey, we're going to go in this for the long haul, okay? A couple more thousand years won't hurt anything. We're in the last days of anything that lasts 2,000 years. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? I'm not going to last 2,000 years. Even if you Methuselah me, I don't last 2,000 years. <laughs> they knew it was about 2,000 years. Some of them even clearly wrote it of the early church fathers mm. about the timing. But I believe. But it doesn't even make it. it doesn't even that doesn't even match your fucking math. You said that we've we've got we're just at the beginning of the sixth day because you said the Earth was six thousand years. So it's only the sixth day. You said it's the end of the sixth day. That's like fucking. We got like nine hundred years to go. If I'm just going by what you said, did I do my math wrong? Seven. If a thousand days, if a thousand years is one fucking <laughs> one day, I can't do. No, it. I'm gonna do it. We're gonna we're gonna math it. this out. Do we do the do no, we do the whiteboard? No, we don't. I'm not gonna do this because it's too easy. All right. So here we go. All oh right. God. Here we go, Tom. Oh, I'm standing up. Uh, I can't. Okay. If I sit down, I'm gonna fall asleep okay. listening to this. A thousand years yes. is one day. Ah. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> if we take that and we say a week. Is seven days. You got me so far. How many thousand?
7,000 years is that? Seven. 7,000 years. Now you take 7,000 years. How many, how many years does this dumb fuck think we lived here? Six, Six thousand right? and change. The last days then yes. would be the seven thousandth year. Yes. So we have like nine hundred fucking years to go. Right. We're, so, we're gonna run out of buckets of food. <laughs> so uh-oh. Fucking ridiculous. But he's not saying it's gonna happen at midnight, right? Well, no, he's saying it's it's we're in the last days now. But we're in the last days when Jesus was around. As man was created at the end of the sixth day, mm -hmm. you're going to see the new creation man come forth at the end of the sixth prophetic day. I believe we're going to see the body of Christ become all that it was called to be, to walk in all the authority and power. It's called to walk in being the new creation, which greatly transcends the old creation. We're not just trying to get back to what Adam, Adam had. No, we, we've been given an opportunity to go for something far beyond that. That's it. That's where it stopped? That's where it stops. What just happened? Well, I think he explained to you that 1,000 days is a day I will to fucking God. come over there? <laughs> None of this. And uh. 7,000 days is a week. And we're in the last days. Two people are buying buckets of fucking food garbage for this. Well, they got to wait 900 years to use it. What happens when you buy your bucket of food shit, right? Like you buy your bucket of fucking disaster food. And then what do you do? You put it in a basement and then you hope that when the disaster strikes that you can get down to the basement and fucking huddle up around your fucking well of garbage. Yeah, is, that, I, is that what you're supposed to do? Yeah, you're supposed to hide somewhere. You're supposed to have like one of those like cellars like they had in the road where you like have an outdoor cellar that you can just go to and just eat all your foods. So what happens if the fucking apocalypse starts and I'm at work and I like work like an hour away? You got to dig a deep hole. I got to dig a series of fucking holes. Well, you got to dig a long tunnel to get back to your Jeez. buckets of slop. Everywhere I go, I it's have like, to fucking tunnel. You basi yeah, basically. I got to fucking be a mole rat no, in order to survive. No, you're dig dug. <laughs> <laughs> you want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. So this story comes from the friendly atheist blogs. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow is now promoting skincare products that have been meditated over. <laughs> I fucking love Gwyneth these are, Paltrow. These are Tux meditated pads. Oh, nicely yeah. done. No wonder you wanted to cover this story. <laughs> I just came up with it. Oh, that. that's awesome. So Gwyneth Paltrow, for the uninitiated, um, she is super crazy. Like, she's decided... She's the one who wanted everybody to fucking steam their vagina to cleanse it out. Uh. Like, to... Like, you, like, squat over a fucking hot bath of water or whatever and let the steam... That's like shoot up your hoo-ha in that's order. Like, that's like sous vide and some tuna. <laughs> <laughs> which, which is not the way to treat it. Like you got to sear it quickly sear it and quickly then turn and it. Move on. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I like it rare anyway. I got to admit. <laughs> she was. She was talking like last year. Oh, yeah, she was, yeah. she, wanted, it, she sure. wanted everybody's. Because yeah. it would balance out your hormones is what she said. So oh, if your hormones are yeah. out of whack, yeah. then you got to steam clean your vagina. That's, what if you don't have a vagina? <laughs> What, what if there's no carpet down there? You know, like <laughs> you call Stanley Steamer. <laughs> nobody <laughs> nobody like, steam cleans the tile. Like, you know what I mean? He's like, I, I'll give you an estimate. Uh, I'll do this one pro bono. <laughs> <laughs> well, it won't be a pro bono, yeah, but it'll be amateur bono. There's <laughs> my kid. He wants to help me, Sunny Bono. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's terrible.
Oh, gosh. God, I'd steam clean her vagina. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, I'll tell you what. I wonder if the hair's straight though on there. If you steam clean it, I bet you the hair would get straight. Yeah, if you just part it down the middle. <laughs> That's how you. <laughs> nope. Nope. It's, yeah. No. Go ahead. Do it. We're moving on. We're moving on. <laughs> now she's selling. So she's got a she's got a newsletter called Goop, mm-hmm. which I think is tremendous. Yeah. Um, and she pro- promotes all kinds of fucking garbage. Like sure. The, yeah. Like the the fucking hoo ha cleaner. Yeah, what exactly. <laughs> Um, so now she's promoting a skincare product that works because it's been treated to prayer, meditation, and music before ever appearing on the show. So you make you make your goop, right? And you're gonna sell your shit, and then you say nice things to it. You sing to it. I want like, you gotta read this. Read that first block of text there. All right. It, it, this is fucking amazing. This is. It's about doing anything to increase the energy of the product. <laughs> Put a battery in it. She says. That's awesome. We put crystals around the oils. <laughs> As we macerate the herbs, we play music. As we add the base oils, we use more music. <laughs> crystals and meditation. And and they're, like, stop. they're like, stop the production. We need more music. <laughs> we don't know what more means. Is it mean louder? But yeah, I don't know either. Just more much. Just more much. <laughs> Then we add the flower essences. They sit out with music too. So they, they basically just turn the radio on right. in their factory. Sure. That's it. We used to we used to do the exact same thing when we cooked in a kitchen when I worked in a cafeteria. We just listened to WXRT. Right. Yeah. You turn music on at work, that's kind of standard. You're not adding energy into the system. <laughs> You're just listening to music, you delusional shit. To pass the time. Right. Yeah. Exactly. She estimates the whole process takes about six to eight weeks. She blends the oils the way a perfumer blends notes. Quote, in the blending room, we say blessings of love oh and grace and gratitude. God, are you kidding me? I got to pay you extra for that? I have to pay you because you said blessings of love and gratitude to my fucking essential oils? <laughs> I, that is a premium? That costs more money? Are you fucking kidding me? I could fucking wish it well and put it on my skin. Why do I have to pay you extra money? I feel like anything I'm putting on my skin, I'm wishing well. Give right? me a break. Uh, I add the oils in a certain order, and I chant as I blend them. I like I like to burn frankincense as I do it to clear the room. It's sacred, energizing, and such a pure smell. Each product gets its own chant. Oh God! Once the blend is ready, I meditate. Usually, three words of intention come up for me in that meditation. Shut the fuck up! And then up. I put those on the label, and it macerates for two months. Yes. You thought of three words and put it on the label, and I got to pay extra ten dollars for that? Extra. Extra bitch. Oh my god. This is the thing though, is that is that she's famous. Yes. She has a following. She clearly has a newsletter, right? Where she sends these things out and people read it. She has uh some sort of group behind her that's listening to what she has to say. And she's selling this, she's promoting this garbage. Yep. Guess how much this stuff costs per ounce? Uh, per ounce. Yep. I'm gonna say uh twelve dollars. Hundred and seventy six. Shut the fuck up. One hundred and seventy six dollars an ounce. Wait, yes, it's one hundred and seventy six dollars an ounce, because 0.34 ounces, so about a third of an ounce, is forty four dollars. A third. Well, I'm, so I'm a little wrong. I'm hundred. It's it's forty four times three. I'm sorry. Forgive me. It's a little cheap. It's one hundred and thirty two dollars an ounce. What? Yeah. Wow. This is six times. 
the cost of silver. Wow. Pure silver. You could buy silver. You could shoot werewolves with that. <laughs> <laughs> if you chant over it, you could probably kill a vampire. You with probably it could. Yeah. If you yeah. form it into a cross. Yeah. Would it, would it be colloidal silver? <laughs> it turned blue like that Smurf man? <laughs> This is this is absolutely ridiculous, though. This is a this is a product that she's pushing. It's so ridiculous. Did you did you read the bottom of it? Her flight ritual. Oh yeah, I was reading part this of it. This is awesome. Yeah. Let me read this. This is great. So when Gwyneth Paltrow flies, she has a ritual that she performs before getting on the airplane. People are fucking weird about airplanes. Like they've just decided that airplanes of all the fucking spaces that they get on, that airplanes have this fucking magic power to make you more sick than say. The subway, yeah, right, for example, right, right. or any sure, of the other sure. fucking crowded mm-hmm. places we go. When this, the, Gwyneth Paltrow doesn't fucking ride the subway. That's true. She has to ride with the plebs when she flies, but that's the only that's time. It. That's it. She said, I drink tons of water and I have a vitamin sachet that I put in it. Also, I moisturize my skin and put a mask on. I try not to eat rubbish. I'll pack a salad and fruit. If I'm going on an overnight flight, I'll drink whiskey or a glass of wine and then go to sleep. But on day flights, I try not to drink. When I land, I try to find a sauna to sit in to help me sweat out all the germs from the plane. That's not how that works. That's so paranoid. You know what I do when I get on an airplane? I get on it. And you know what I do when I get off the airplane? I step off the airplane. Yeah, these people are worried because they're in close contact with commoners. That's why they're worried. Right? Yeah, they're going to get fucking poor on them. (laughs) 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 Oh, God, the poor rubbed off on me. Uh. So we want to thank our most current patrons. We are super thankful for everybody who who gives uh, their generous patronage to the show. Uh, We want to thank Anthony, Cameron, Jonathan, Tim, David, Samir, Hugh Suck. That's <laughs> pretty funny. Shelly, Q, Katrina, and David. Thank you also very much for your generous donations. We really do truly appreciate it. So we have a little bit of email we have to talk about. Um, we want to start with Stuart from the uh, Exposing Pseudoastronomy podcast. Stuart sent in a message. He said, um, he said, I'm at the end of your most recent episode, and you were describing that uh, cognitive dissonances show shame where you hide under your blankets with your flashlight. He's like, the thing is, I, init- I initially heard it as flashlights. <laughs> and the funny thing is, Stuart, is when I was when I was mixing it, I was like, I missed a good flashlight joke. <laughs> I missed a good, because you you know, it's after the fact, I'm already mixing and I'm like, man, I could have said it's a shame show where you hide with your flashlight under I the covers. I always miss my flashlight. Yeah, I yeah. always hide with my, co- my flashlight <laughs> under the covers. I'm on top of the fucking covers <laughs> with that thing. Come watch me. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Tom, we got an interesting message from Sarah and a bunch of other people about uh, some Syrian refugees in a hotel. Yeah, so this is actually pretty great. There's a couple of different articles to point this out. Um, Syrian refugees in Vancouver were placed in a hotel that also happened to be hosting a furry convention at the time. And all jokes aside, I actually thought this was incredibly sweet because there are all these kids like these that have been through this terrible traumatic experience and they're, you know, being resettled or they're, they're being moved around and shuttled from country to country. They've seen awful shit. And I can't even imagine how wonderful it would be to be in a furry convention, like with people all dressed up as fucking, you know, anthropomorphic chipmunks and squirrels and foxes and playing. And the video is so sweet. There's like, there's like these kids and they're dancing and playing with these foxes and bears and stuff. Yeah. I thought it was kind of wonderful, actually. That's really great. So awesome. Thanks for sending in everybody. And we got it from a bunch of people. We got a message uh, from Daniel and Daniel wants us to wish Diego a happy birthday. I won't do it. 
So I'm not going to do that for uh, you, Daniel. That. I'm no. very sorry. But fuck not, you, Diego. We're totally not going to do it. And Diego, I ha- actually hope your birthday is not very fun. <laughs> I hope you don't have a fun birthday. I hope you get the call from the clinic <laughs> on your birthday. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Tell me they just call, they say, Yes, <laughs> we got a message. We got a message. This is from our new patron, Hugh Suck, and he uh, he's a he's a Houstonian. He is, and we're so sorry. He said, "I've just become a patron of the show. Even though you guys slam my city all the time, it's not as bad as you think. After a while, you get used to the humidity and the mosquitoes, and the smell from the refineries is usually barely noticeable." <laughs> That's amazing. That's great. Thanks for the patronage, Hugh. Thanks, man. <laughs> I'm just gonna let you do this one, <laughs> man. This is from Dan. Um, and he just sent a link to a story, and it's Sweden's Dr. Anal loses his medical license. Where, so did, I, he, where did he lose it? I'm just curious. <laughs> I don't where, know, but he where? spent some time trying to fish it out. <laughs> so evidently there was this doctor. Uh, this story is just fucking so bizarre. This doctor whose prescription for everything was to fill with your ass. <laughs> like it is, I'm sure some people really like the treatment. There's, right? uh, there's probably some people some out people there that are like, like uh, no, I'm that's, sick again. That's exactly, I need you by my prostate. Right. Wherever <laughs> you were, that's where you got to be. Just a little more, yeah. a little more, yeah, sure. and I'm healed. You don't mind if I wank this way. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a touchless car wash. <laughs> <laughs> it just shoots that soap all over. I yeah. Hands free, I yeah, got that shit amazing. done. Amazing. Uh, so, uh, fucking... Yeah, he lost his medical license because he's basically just diddling everyone's butt for a while <laughs> <laughs> and deciding like it's like oh you've got uh, you got the sniffles. Let me go and wiggle one up in there. Uh, it's, hey, oh, see, so you so you got the sniffles. Have you seen Doctor Anus? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a no. Like, he keeps sticking chicken soup up my ass. <laughs> it's really unpleasant. Look, I've seen this movie. The right? Noodles <laughs> get stuck up there. I don't like nurse. It. <laughs> So we got a message from Welsh Dave, and Welsh Dave says, Hey guys, love the show. I just had a strange thought and wondered what you think. Doesn't it seem ironic that Donald Trump is promising to build a big wall to keep out Mexicans, but he wants to use Mexicans to build it? Wouldn't that be taking away jobs from hardworking Americans <laughs> and giving it to the dirty foreigners? <laughs> that's very I that true. That's great. That's very true. He also said, Glory hold gentlemen. And he spelled something out here, but there's not even a fucking vowel in the first. You can't use that. What are you going to do with that? Come on. Give that a hell. Give that. It's, uh, you, you read the Jabberwocky when you were a kid. That's the same words, right? Oh, my God. All right. Twilgugniot for Nigidion. That's right. I think I that's, I think he nailed it. that. We got a message from George, and George heard our story. He's a patron, and he heard our story uh, that I was leaving to go down to Mississippi this week. And he said, "Oh, uh, it's already Mississippi. We're that. We're that comfortable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, wow. I don't know how to spell the rest of it. So, wow. Yeah. We're just. I'm from Illinois. I don't know how to spell things. Fucking hell. Yeah. All right. If I don't have my phone in my hand, the great state of Mississippi. There's not a red line under it. I don't know that it's misspelled. <laughs> so anyway, I'm going to Hattiesburg, and he says, "Luckily for you, Hattiesburg is one of the is actually one of our better town city things." <laughs> I love that. That made me laugh. They actually have a good selection of ethnic cu- cuisine and not just frog legs, at least for yeah, a but place. Yeah, they think salad is an ethnic cuisine. As close to off as Mississippi. <laughs> if you are traveling down 55 south to Hattiesburg, then keep an eye out for the 120 foot cross at Winona. I don't think you'll have to keep an eye out if it's 120 feet high. If I pass, if I go down this way, I will take a selfie with this cross you on the side of the road. You must. If do I it. see it, All I right. will take a selfie. I don't think you'll miss and it. And I will post it to the 
Facebook page. But the thing is, is that I would have already posted it if I did it because this show the comes show out after, after, I, the after I left. Well, go check so, Facebook and see if you saw it. I don't know if you saw it or not. I don't know if I did it. It's like the future in the past. See, 6,000 years, Tom, is equal to six. I fucking will straight kill you. We're done with that. <laughs> we got a message from Steven, and Steven says, hey, guys, you're going to come to the Free Thought Festival happening in Madison, Wisconsin on April 9th and April 8th and 9th. It looks like um, James Randi and Eugene Scott, Eugenie Scott, pardon me, will be uh, headlining the conference. Uh, it, yeah, you know, uh, Tom and I were thinking about coming up, but it might be a little difficult. We're not sure that we're going to be able to make it. I know I can't make it on the 8th because there's a, there's something going on in Chicago that I have to be at. But Madison is relatively short hop, so we'll yep. see. There's not a, there's no guarantee, but we wanted to let people know about it anyway. So you can check out freethoughtfestival.org to find out more information. Well, this early show uh, is done with, and we will be back next week. Hopefully, it's our plan to have a couple of different uh, – podcasts shows coming out in the new weeks here soon we're gonna have two i think in a row uh one midweek show and one show very soon we're not sure if this week will yield a midweek show yet because it's so far in the future for us but we're gonna try our damnedest so uh we hope that uh, that you enjoyed this and we're gonna be back very soon with another episode until then we're gonna leave you with the skeptics creed credulity is not a virtue it's fortune cookie cutter mommy issue hypno babylon bullshit couched in scientician double bubble toil and trouble pseudo quasi alternative acupunctuating pressurized stereogram pyramidal free energy healing water downward spiral brain dead pan sales pitch late night info docutainment Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death and towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and views expressed in this show are that of the hosts only. Our poorly formed and expressed notions do not represent those of our wives, employers, friends, families, or of the local dairy council. <laughs>